This is last call for pre-orders, y'all. This is Mega Maker, episode 32. Uh, Oh, man. It is Friday, July 22nd, 5.37 p.m. I'm late getting home to make dinner for my kids, and I thought I'm just going to jump in the podcast booth and try to put out a quick episode for everybody. I have been really heads down writing my new book called Jolt. It's a book for programmers, designers, freelancers, makers, entrepreneurs, And the whole premise is, how do you get customers to know you exist? And the idea is you need to stand out. You can't just imitate the same tired tactics everyone else is using. You need to do things that are unique, interesting, and unexpected. And right now, I need to tell you, if you want to pre-order it for $9, that ends tomorrow. And so, gum.co slash joltbook slash pre-order is how you get the book for $9. After that, it goes up. And so I'll keep that link open as long as I can. It'll be open for the next 48 hours. But if you're hearing this right now, go to that link and pre-order it now while you can get it for $9. Book's going to be released on July 30th. That's eight days away. (laughs) I, I still have a lot of writing to do, but it's coming along really great. I'm looking forward to having it done. But I just wanted to put this out, uh, first of all, so there's an episode, but also I know a lot of you are always saying, you know, how can I support the show? The best way to support any independent maker is to buy the things that we make and then tell other people about it. So if you've wanted to buy something that I've made, uh, this is, I think, the lowest price item I've ever done. Please go pre-order at gum.co slash joltbook slash pre-order. While you guys are doing that, getting your $9 pre-order, I thought I would share with you this interview I did with Mikael Cho of Crew, Crew.co. They are a Canadian-based group of makers out in Montreal. And I just loved this one story about how they started a side project called Unsplash.com that ended up saving their business. So I'm going to play that interview for you. I'm going to export this really quick, throw it up on the podcast feed so you guys can listen to it and I'm going to go and uh, feed my kids which is a good thing and then tonight I'm going to be writing tomorrow I'm going to be writing I've got eight days of writing left wish me luck okay here's the interview with Mikel you know I have a friend here in the Okanagan that all he does is find classic American brands like there's a a knife brand called Forgecraft okay if you lived in, like, I don't know, in the Northwest mm-hmm. in the 50s, you would have had one of these knives. And, you know, the company closed down. So he goes and buys the, trades mar- the trademarks for these companies. They've got great brand recognition yeah. among certain people. And then he just starts companies, you know, using uh, those names. So you just keep waiting. Maybe you, maybe you can change it to J. Crew. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm waiting. We're gonna. I think something. Something. We'll see what happens. I mean, we're making T-shirts and stuff. So, so you know, clothing brand, and then we can go in for a crew trademark on clothing and see what happens. Just keep going. <laughs> now, 
What what was the the original idea with Oomph? Was that supposed to, was that going to be a design studio or uh, it was like it was actually solving a problem after the current problem we're solving. Okay. And that's that's actually how the evolution happened. Okay. So Oomph was it was like a Kickstarter type model but for app makers. Okay. Uh, it's still the problem still exists today where most people who make an app unless you're featured, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. And so what we wanted to do was help you build up this following before you launched. And it's actually very similar. I, I actually spoke with Ryan from Product Hunt yeah. when he was starting because he saw Oomph and what we were doing. And it was basically discovery um, executed in a much shittier way than Product Hunt. Yeah. But uh, we had those similar ideas and it was really focused on everything that would be pre-launched. So we were kind of like a pre-launched app store where people could already start building up a following before they released so they wouldn't get screwed over when they went into the app store. Gotcha. gotcha. Kind of like beta list too. Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, and we wanted it to, you know, to tell, really tell the story behind Makers. A uh, big problem that people saw though and they just kept writing to us. They're like, oh, that's great. You can help with that. But I actually can't get to the point of building and completing my app. Yeah. They, and that was like number one request by far. They wanted to build it. And, right. so, and so you guys switched to – it wasn't really an agency model though, was it? Like what exactly no. was the model for helping people build the apps? Yeah. So we had all, – all of Oomph, there was about 20,000 app makers. So some people were more on the side of uh, – they were an entrepreneur on the marketing side but couldn't necessarily code. But then yeah. we also had designers and developers. So we had enough of a community and we just changed sort of how we were – bringing them together. Okay. Yeah. And we said, okay, so we just sent out these Google docs and we we're like, whoever's a designer and developer, you can put your stuff in here and whoever's looking for work, you can put your stuff here. And then we just accepted it that way and, and ran it manually. Uh, at the time, you know, a really interesting thing. It was like six months that we were trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. And there was four of us and we almost, we lost a bunch of faith in ourselves because we hadn't released anything in a long time. Yeah. You're just like, you're in that rut of like, are we good? You know, are we, can we make anything good? Yeah. And maybe it's us. Yeah. You know? So no one was believing anything. So we're like, it was my, my, uh, my co-founder, my wife now, Steph, we were just like, well, we're going to have to manually do this in order to prove something before anyone is going to want to write any code. Yeah. And I believe that it's worth that effort. Yeah. And that's actually how that started. And now that's become a huge philosophy in everything that we make. Yeah. The, the idea that you have to like start small and kind of mm-hmm. really like gritty. I think it's the, honestly, I think it's the only way I really, you know, every time we've tried to build something grand, you know, from the start, it's just all these factors come in and there's like psychological factors too. Like the expectations and the stakes just rise. More people get involved. So you just have, it has to be so huge and great in order to live up to the other thing. Yeah. Whereas when you just do quick and dirty, your brain is just like, if, if I like it, that's, that's usually good enough for yeah. two other people, you know? Yeah. You, you know, this gets to something I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is the other thing that, so one thing that helps is with validating whether you've got a business there. Right. But the other thing is like, you get to try that on. And then decide, does this fit me as a team member or as a founder or whatever? So, like, do I like this business? Do I like these customers? Right. Do I like this product? Do I like waking up every day and, you know, doing this thing? Yep. And sometimes you, like, 
start small and try it and you're like, man, I don't like this at all. Like this is not what I thought it would be. But if you can start small and like gritty with a, like a Google doc and you just like love the customers and you love, like you get that feeling, that's a pretty good sign that you're going to like the business for, you know, a long time. Yeah, because that's the worst part. So you're already at the worst. Yes. You're dealing with everything manually. So it can only get better as long as you're building in in, in the right path. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we've always, and it's been huge. Everything that we do, we try to do it that way. Yeah. Now, I want to get into a, a bit of a legend around crew. And you're going to have to correct me. This is, this is my interpretation of how things happened. <laughs> is you, Canadian folklore. Yeah, community folklore. <laughs> Canadian folklore. Canadian folklore. Even better. <laughs> even better. So you, you guys had started this thing called Oomph. Yeah. Uh, you were kind of struggling. You're right. almost out of money. And then you launched this thing called Unsplash, and then it just saved the whole company. Yeah. <laughs> That's the legend. Is that true? And maybe like fill in some of the details there. It's very much true. Without Unsplash, um, we would not have – I don't think we would have been able to keep the company going. Um, we would not have hit the monthly revenue to cover any of our expenses before we ran out of money. Uh, yes, there was other factors at the same time, and Unsplash was more of a product of a way of thinking, yeah. Rather than being the, th- I think we would have found, you know, something. So, like, take take me to the situation room. Like, yeah. you, it's it's four of you, right? Four of us. Are you in a house? Are you in an office? We uh, we were in Montreal working in this two hundred fifty square foot room that was made for one person out of a shared space in an art gallery. Okay. See, this is a good picture. I like this. Yeah. I learned, I learned this trick in Montreal. You you try to move into art galleries in September, October, because (laughs) a lot of artists, they didn't like pay the rent. So Uh. (laughs) it's super cheap and then share the space. And it's really nice. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah, we were in a tiny room. Um, No one was believing in anything because we had kept screwing stuff up Mm -hmm. at the point where we had the, the MailChimp and the Google Doc working, like people were, oh, we're, we're able to match people with projects. We, about two months into that, we're like, in order to get to where we need to be in the next six months to keep the company going, we cannot do anything normal. Like, we can't just run a blog. We can't, we don't have money for ads. We can't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We have to think really weird. You know, what weird ways can we create growth? Uh, so that was the theme that was running in the back of our head. And uh, we tried, you know, I tried guest posting. I, I, I remember doing a guest post on the Buffer blog, which was great, but it, it like still, I just saw the numbers and I'm like, even if we do really great stuff on these normal ways, it's just never going to hit the amount that we need to do. Yeah. So it was like, that thought was always there. So you had the machinery for what you thought would be a good product. Right. You had that in place. And then, but the problem was you needed traffic. You needed people to pay attention to what you're doing. Right. The way that I thought about it was, you know, for a, for a long-term business, when you're making a product, you want the product to keep people coming back. Yeah. The challenge is at the beginning, it takes so long usually to build that type of repeatability into a product. Yeah. Um, let's just replace that with some other stuff. You know, people are going to come back here for some other stuff. Gotcha. And that's, that's a big thing behind how we built Unsplash also. Mm-hmm. 
and, and all the tools that we've built after that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just going back to that, there was yeah, two months in and that, that thing was running in the back of our head, mm-hmm. how to do something weird. And we did a photo shoot for our homepage. And this is where we started. This was the first realization we had of like, oh, we're going through the same problem that all of our customers are going through right now. They're trying to make a website. Mm-hmm. One was really crappy in this process, apart from finding a person to work with, actually finding the photos for the site. Like yeah. that was the worst things. So we took custom photos. We had all these extras and they were just sitting on a folder, you know, like everybody. We, we use one and then you've got this giant folder of excess that you do nothing with. Yeah. So I'm like, why don't we just give those away? I mean, we paid for them. They're great. We're not using them. And thinking beyond just putting it on the blog post, it's like, let's create, package it up nice yeah. and put it on something else. Yeah. Uh, and it was a Tumblr blog. So I remember that afternoon and still like, I remember my co-founder was like, yeah, because no one believed in anything that we were doing. They're like, yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever. Was, you know? was this your idea? Or, like, were you the one that's like, let's use these photos? Or did it just kind of come up organically? Yeah, I remember it was a Skype conversation. I was sitting in a cafe. I got the, the, the photos from the photographer. I wrote to my co-founder, Luke. And I'm like, hey, this could be like, uh, you know, like those free font icon sites, except we do it with photos. And yeah. you're all the issues. Yeah. Everything that like, you get confused about when you're looking for stock photos. Hold on just a sec. I think, is it your Skype? Is that your Skype or my Skype that's trying to l- l- announcing people that are coming in? Oh, it's not. I'm, I'm not getting anything on okay. my side. I'm just going to put do not disturb on me. Okay. Uh, could you put do not disturb on you too? Because I'm just hearing uh, it could be my side. but Okay. I will do that. Sorry, I'm never in Skype. So I'm trying to. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> okay, so you're. It came up organically. You're in this room. You you're at this cafe. You got the photos, and you're like, "Yes, let's, let's use these." And I, I was half trying to convince Luke to help me build it because he is our designer. Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be great." He's like, "Yeah, it's, it's gonna be great." <laughs> um, but I didn't. I didn't blame him at all. You know, I, I agree. We lost some credibility in the stuff that we've been building for a while. Yeah. So the, the first version. Um, you know, I took the afternoon. I'm like, screw it. These are just sitting here. I don't know how we're going to grow anyway, so I might as well just try something. And even if like 100 people found this thing, uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, three hours, put it up, and it was on unsplash.com. We were deciding, I remember, between a couple names. Um, you know, kill stock photos was thrown around. But I remember thinking, if we really maybe this thing becomes even bigger, we have to go beyond even a photo. Like let's leave the kill and the stock out of it. Yeah. Let's call it something that is a bit higher level than that. Yeah. So the original concept was like splash pages. Ah, you know? okay. Like yeah. How, yeah. How crappy they were sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to be the unsplash and then yeah. everything's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, we put it out. I remember like, I, the, I, I'm trying to remember the exact line. I put it on Hacker News. It was yeah. the only site. And I was just like, um, Hated crappy, expensive stock photos, so I made this. Yeah, and I went away because I had never had any luck with uh, Hacker News on Hacker News in the past. I just left and continued like with our day. Yeah, I'm like that was a waste of three hours. <laughs> and then uh, I got a is, is that honestly how you felt? Yeah, I actually thought I was like, I, you know, it was nice to get that up. I like it. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone is gonna go. To it, that's like the debilitating part about being a maker is you. Yeah. Even when you're building small things, you have to put time in yeah. and then you put it out into the world and 
every human being wants some reciprocity there. You know, right. they they want some some love back. Right. And when you put it out and it gets no love, it can it can just make you feel like ah, like forget yeah. it. Yeah. So that's yeah. how you're feeling. Yeah, I was feeling that, and I was already way in that. You know, so I was like, yeah, I just want to. It was more about launching something. Mm-hmm. At that point, yeah. and just seeing something live because we really hadn't seen something go live in a long time, yeah, and that yeah. felt good in itself. It had its own little feedback loop, yeah. So I was happy with that. And of course, you chose Tumblr because it was free. You could host all those images for free. It was quick and easy to get started. Oh, I remember one of the inspirations for the design was actually cabin porn. Oh yeah, yeah. So I remember, and we used the same theme. We used the Justin theme, which yeah. was I remember thinking like. I don't like choosing all the different sizes of photos. Nobody really knows what size they need. Yeah. Why do you have to offer all these things? Why don't you just offer the biggest size and everybody can take it and do whatever they want? Go from there, yeah. And I'm like, if the best way to choose a photo is seeing it really big. So let's just show everything really big. Yeah. So yeah, thinking through all that stuff that we went through with the photo and you're able to do that in a couple hours because you're not paying attention to custom design. You yeah. Know, you've got something that it's going to work for that. Yeah. So you put it up on Hacker News yeah. and actually went on with your day. Like you, I just – yeah, I literally put the link up and yeah. closed the window because I was so like – Wow. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're in a, you're in a place. So yeah. you're working away and, and how did you know – like what – at what point did it pick up traction? I got a text message. So I got a text message from the photographer because we gave him credit on the, on the site. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, where did you put those photos? And I was like, what? I only put it one place. So I went back and checked because he's like, my portfolio site is blowing up right now. And I'm like, no way. So I went back to the site and it was number one. And it had already, you know, after like an hour, it was like 50 comments. Yeah. You know, I think it finished the day at 300 something plus comments, like a crazy number of comments going back and forth. Yeah. So people were mad that it was on Hacker News because there was no... It was just like, like, this is a blog of photos and it's yeah. not number one, you know? Yeah, typical Hacker News crap. Yeah, yeah so it's getting destroyed in there. And I like to share that link now too because, I mean, that can kill you too. You know, just reading those comments. I didn't read them. I, I saw a few and I'm like, abandoned thread. I'm yeah. not, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Because I'm just happy that there's enough people, I think, that are enjoying this at the same time. Yeah. As, as, as the, some of the comments in here. Yeah. So, yeah, that first... Within the first couple hours, there was 20,000 downloads on the 10 photos wow. that we had on the site. And they were all like, literally, this is how little I thought like the traffic we were going to get. They're all public Dropbox links. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, 10 people, 100 people, that's the limit, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So the whole thing crashed. Luckily, one of the head of engineering at Dropbox was on Hacker News and saw it. And then yeah. he, upgrade, he upgraded us to the pro plan. Really? For the day. Yeah, he's yeah. like, we'll keep them up because uh, it's really cool what you're doing, yeah. but you're going to have to switch tomorrow. Wow. But there, there's so much in there. I mean, it, it kind of shows a bunch of things. One is start small, start now, like just get it done. The other thing was noticing a problem you actually had. Right. And so these are like kind of standard, you know, product stuff, right? Like this is what you do. But on the other hand, you have all the luck. Like it got picked up on Hacker News. Hacker News sometimes can do really well. Sometimes it can't. Right. did really well. Uh, the guy at Dropbox saw it. He kept you going. Like there's all yeah. these like 
elements in here, and you really needed both and, didn't you? Yeah, I think you needed both, and I think you can set yourself up to create some of that stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, Unsplash was lucky, and it, it solved the problem. But we had done, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 products before that, like little things like this, trying, testing different things. Uh, so you're, some of them, they didn't catch the luck. Some of them, maybe they didn't solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But you do it enough. I, I kind of talk about this thing, like quantity is what gets you to quality. Yeah. You just make a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, and you just get smarter because that's just human nature, actually. We yeah. will just yeah. keep, our brains will grease the wheels in the proper channels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you just start placing all these little bets all over the place. You know, a few people who saw that last project, cool, now they're on board. And it just, yeah, you brick by brick, you know, we've heard of that kind of saying as well. You've yeah. got these little things all sitting out there for that one project at a certain point that, that might hit on a few things at the same time and create that thing. Yeah, the big explosion. <laughs> now, the other question I had was how did it actually affect your business? So you're getting all these downloads, but it's a, a separate domain. Like, you know, yeah. oomph at the time is like this small little link, you know? Right. So how did it actually affect, like, the paying the bills part? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there was the only thing. So we got to watch numbers. Right? Mm-hmm. Got, it was like, okay, we know exactly because we're not doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. So we know where <laughs> everything is coming from. Uh, and That's the best kind of analytics, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to like study anything. You're just yeah. like, I know where this is coming from. There's no A-B tests. There's no like multiple attribution going to other sources. None yeah. of that. Yeah. One source. We only have one thing. <laughs> uh, and you know, right away, it was, it was this big, you know, like you see the traffic. But the thing that really impressed us was this consistency. Yeah. So we grew it. We had uh, about 20,000 projects posted in, in that month. Okay. Uh, and this had gone from when we were doing maybe five or 6,000, you know, just wow. a month before. And then that went to, it was going 30% month over month for like four months with just Unsplash. Wow. So we're like, we need to create another Unsplash. <laughs> this is amazing. Uh, and, and yeah, you take we took exactly what we had learned, you know, those same mechanics, yeah. the simple try to do it in afternoon type mentality. And we got lucky in a few other ways again. All right. So that is a segment of my interview with Mikel Cho. I'm actually going to publish the full interview on productpeople.tv. So if you've never heard my other podcast, productpeople.tv, Go subscribe there, and uh, in a few weeks, probably, I'll post the the full episode. Um, if you want all the show notes for this episode, it's megamaker.co slash 32. Again, I'm really hoping to hit 500 pre-orders. I'm at about 400 right now, so I need another 100 people to go to gum.co slash joltbook slash pre-order and order, get that $9 pre-order special and kind of kick this book launch off with a bang. It also really encourages me (laughs) as I'm in these last days of of writing it. And this interview is actually one of the topics in the book. So if you kind of dug this kind of unconventional marketing that Mikhail was talking about, you will love what's in this book. Uh, This podcast is hosted on simplecast.fm. The theme music you're hearing right now, striker-metal.com. And I'm Justin Jackson. You can hassle me on Twitter, the letter M, the letter I, 
Justin. That's M-I, Justin. And, uh, yeah, that's it. It's uh, now 5.57, and I got to go home, feed my kids, like I said. (laughs) So talk to you guys next Friday. Thanks a lot.